0: This podcast is brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within federal, state, and local government agencies.
1: Hello, I'm Executive Editor Eric Chabro, and here are some of the most compelling stories on GovInfoSecurity.com for the week ending December 3rd. The week's big story, of course, centers on the WikiLeaks revelations of diplomatic cables. As I wrote in my blog, what's embarrassing about the WikiLeaks episode isn't just the precarious position the publication of State Department Cables puts the United States in with our allies, but the likelihood that one low-level analyst leaked hundreds of thousands of sensitive documents without being detected. Not adequately implementing access management processes, simply deciding who should gain entry not only to an IT system, but to specific data, is a major failure that led to the unauthorized downloading of some 250,000 sensitive and classified diplomatic cables. The leaks have prompted the White House to order each agency that handles classified information to establish a security assessment team that includes information assurance experts to review the agency's implementation of procedures for safeguarding classified information against improper disclosures. Meanwhile, my colleague Tom Field caught up with e-law expert and lawyer Tom Svenninghoff, Svenninghoff says the Wikileaks leaks put all organizations on notice of such insider threats.
2: Even if you take Wikileaks out of the equation, there's a lot of incentive uh, for a lot of people to do this kind of thing for a variety of reasons. Disclose the data to a variety of different people or different organizations. They may think they're doing a good thing. They may be criminal in their intent. It can vary all over the ballpark. But the business's perspective, I think this is a very real threat. and. I don't see it going away. I see it getting worse. It's a threat, it's a problem that everybody really needs to take seriously and really needs to recognize that it, the ramifications can be really potentially very, very significant.
1: I'll be back with more after this.
0: Are you responsible for your agency's regulatory compliance program? Do cybercrime, data breaches, or endpoint security keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the GovInfoSecurity.com educational webinar library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit GovInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars.
1: Welcome back. The federal government will spend more than $13 billion dollars on cybersecurity wears from vendors by 2015. That's an annual growth rate of more than 9% over the next five years, nearly twice the rate of overall government spending. That estimate comes from the market research firm Input that says the sharp rise in IT security spending will come from increased reliance on the internet, network systems and connectivity, which create opportunities for cyber attackers to disrupt government operations. And finally, our featured interview, Delaware Chief Security Officer Elaine Starkey. The CSO's office is situated in the Department of Technology and Information, one of only two state departments in which all employees aren't protected by civil service. And Starkey says that approach attracts a high caliber of information security professionals.
3: We can't compete necessarily with the private sector agencies in Washington and Baltimore, per se, and and maybe we nor should we really but we have been very successful in recruiting a very high quality, high caliber team here at
1: DPI. Starkey explains that departmental employees get pay raises when a salary freeze isn't on as it is now only if they meet specific predefined metrics agreed upon by employees and their managers. And not all pay raises are equal. Employees also are evaluated as a team, since it would be unfair to blame an individual for an IT security breach.
3: We realize that every particular type of intrusion or incident probably has multiple root causes. And to hold someone directly accountable, sometimes you can do that, but many times you can't.
1: To listen to the entire interview with Starkey and learn more about the impact of WikiLeaks on all types of IT security organizations, visit GovInfoSecurity.com. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening. Have a good weekend and a great week ahead.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.GovInfoSecurity.com.